We are back with another Frisco High School football rundown. It's playoff season, and I'm sorry to say only one of our Frisco teams is moving forward, but Tim Howell is here to give us the rundown on what happened last week and what do we have to look forward to from here on out. Okay, Scott, glad to do it. Yeah, unfortunately, uh, Wakeland, the Centennial Titans, and all other parties involved have been eliminated from playoff contests, including the Reedy Lions, which was a very close game. We've got a little bit more detail on that up on the website in the uh, by-district review. But it's all systems go for the Lone Star Rangers, who are, uh, I would say, Scott, one of the top teams in the area of 5A, and they're looking good. They had a nice big win against the Colony last week, and that's how they advanced. And that was a win of adjustments. Uh, they went into halftime. It was a very close game. And it seemed like Lone Star had been kind of stunned because the Colony Cougars have a super tough defense and a very good offense as well. But in that second half, they made the necessary adjustments. And if you look at the final score, it looks like a blowout. So we'll be looking for Lone Star tomorrow night at 8 p.m. at uh, Cowboy Stadium, AT&T Stadium, to kind of pick up where they left off in that second half against the Colony. But what they'll be doing is they're taking on the 15-5A team, uh, the Lovejoy Leopards. Now, if that name sounds familiar, it's because back in week three, uh, the Lone Star, t- Lone Star Rangers took on Lovejoy, and they won 35-3, to which obviously looks like a blowout. And in many ways it was. But the thing with Lovejoy, Scott, is that they really are kind of a team of two halves. Um, the first half of the season, before I get into that, I just want to remind everybody, they come from 15-5A, and that's the same district as last year's 5A state champion, uh, the Highland Park team. So very, very tough teams in there that they contend with. And their schedule certainly showed it in the first half as they came out of that 0-5. They lost to Lone Star, and they also lost to uh, Wakeland as well. Two very potent offenses. And then they're playing just, you know, top state teams in that first half. But then in the second half, you know, you start off 0-5. It, it's not looking real good, man, for the playoffs. But they ran the table, went 5-0, and won a lot of close games, but they had just enough defense to keep the opposition's uh, offense from yeah, scoring a little bit too much. And they were able to put enough points up on the board, too, to kind of keep that from getting out of, out of hand. I'll break down some stats for you. So they're 5-0 and in the regular season to close it out. And then they, uh, they won last week's game as well against Sulphur Springs. That was kind of a close one, but that's how they got to where they are right now. Did the left. Yeah, the first five games of the season, they were giving up an average of 39 points, which uh, it's a lot, but it's not necessarily a death knell. What really set them off to that 0-5 record is that they uh, were only scoring 11 points per game, which, of course, you can't really have that. But then if you go into the second half, their point differential was much improved. But I want to say that because if you look at their season's overall point differential, it looks like this is just a team that kind of limped into the playoffs, which really isn't the case. They've been red hot. They have a negative 46-point differential. But remember, they got blown out by a lot of super good teams in that first half. So Lovejoy, Lovejoy Leopards certainly can be a threat. But then again, you know, we talk about the six-game winning streak now that the Leopards are on, and we have to remember that the Lone Star Rangers, who are uh, really top to bottom, uh, obviously I'm a little biased, but uh, it's a better team. There's a lot more talent, more playmakers on both sides of the ball. And remember, the Rangers have won seven games in a row. They haven't lost except for against uh, Denton Ryan, another top five state team, and that was way back in week four or week five, I believe. So they've also been pretty streaky, too. So I think this contest, it really kind of goes down to, hey, you know, what does it really mean to have the kind of momentum that the Leopards must have as they literally had to win every game just to make the playoffs? They've done just that. Versus a team that has been on a very good winning streak, too, and probably has a few more weapons overall. 
when it comes for the uh, the Lovejoy Leopards, you want to keep an eye on uh, their uh, wide receivers. They have some real studs out there. It's not necessarily a super pass-centric team, but uh, that's where they can really hurt you is in the air. That's uh, Chase Van Wagner, 926 yards receiving, nine touchdowns. That's over 16.5 yards per catch. They also have another outstanding wide receiver. That is Jacob Terwilliger, 812 yards receiving, 13.8 yards per catch, eight touchdowns. And certainly don't uh, don't, don't uh, disregard Bo Lovinelli, 496 yards, 16.5 yards per catch, four touchdowns. He doesn't get the ball nearly as often as Chase or Jacob, but when he does, man, he's really got a knack to get into the end zone. And uh, the guy that's leading the show for the Leopards offense, that's quarterback Carson Collins. He's completed 60.3% of his passes for 2,724 yards, 23 touchdowns to just seven interceptions. And uh, he has a backup that goes in there every now and then just to kind of give Collins a little bit of time off. Um, That's uh, Blake Moji. Again, he's not in there a whole lot, but when he is, he's very good. He completes about 72% of his passes, has 299 yards, two touchdowns, but one interception. And as I said, they're not necessarily pass-centric in the sense that they do have an outstanding running back, and that is Jahi Rainey. He has 779 yards, total six rushing touchdowns, 5.7 yards per carry. So he's a good guy to go to early in the uh, down cap, and they can open up that spread offense and get the balls going all over the place, all down the field, up the field, you name it. The thing with Longstar, though, I mean, I feel like I've been talking about him a lot. Of course we have. I mean, they're just they're just that good. They combine just a, a stupid good offense with a defense that is maybe even a little bit better, you know, first side of the ball than the offense, which is just stunning. Um, you look at the victory, though, 35-3. to That was back in week three, and it was Lone Star against Lovejoy head-to-head. And, you know, obviously, we can't really use regular season games, even if it's the exact same head-to-head matchup in the postseason, because it's a different ball game. I, you know, a week and a half ago, I was looking at the matchup for, uh, for Wakeland. Well, we've already beaten this team, you know? Or, excuse me, they, they played him very close. It was down to the wire, almost won it. And then it ended up being kind of a blowout last week. So you just really don't know. Both teams will be fired up. But that being said, I do think Lone Star has a fantastic chance to uh, go ahead and advance to the region finals next week if they can just stick to their game plan and keep Lovejoy from uh, really harnessing any of that momentum that they might have as far as uh, during their six-game win streak. All right, so looking at, at this matchup, since these teams have played each other before, how do you think this is going to fall out? I mean, we're, we're clearly a little biased towards <laughs> towards Lone sure. Star, and it definitely seems like they're the better team, but I don't think we can take at face value the outcome of the first game now that we're into the playoffs. No, you're absolutely right. That's an excellent point, Scott. And that's why it's, it's fun to look at it. You're like, well, you know, it's the same season. We played them. But, I mean, here's the deal. Lovejoy was they were playing on all cylinders. They're the type of team that really took them a couple of games to kind of find their, their offense and find their groove. And, I mean, it, that's complicated, too, by the fact that they're playing, no kidding, like top state teams in those first five games. So, I mean, that's not a good way to, uh, you know, start your morning. <laughs> Roll right out of bed, play one of the best offenses in the state with a great defense, you know, five, four out of five games. But uh, as far as a predictive value for this week, it's one thing. So, Lovejoy, obviously, has been playing outstanding football. Um, I wouldn't say they've reached their max ceiling just yet. They can – you know, they could be a little bit better on defense, and they could probably score more points as well. And they're going to be fired up trying to do that. But also, like you said, bias aside, and I, I don't even know if it's a bias, Lone Star really is that good. Uh, I mean, they've been improving too, though. In that week three matchup where they won 35-3, to 
the key improvement for Lone Star has been the passing efficiency of their star quarterback, MJ Rivers. In that game, I believe he was 7 of 16. He still had a great line. He had over, he had right around 300 yards rushing and passing, had uh, three touchdowns combined, two in the air, also had an interception. But his completion percentage at that point was right at about 44%. And if you, you know, fast forward to where we're at right now, MJ Rivers is right around 65% completion percentage. And that one interception he threw, well, that was 33% of all of the interceptions he's thrown all season. So <laughs> he's a monster. And much like Lovejoy's entire team, MJ Rivers has been getting better and better and better. So I got to tell you, man, bias aside, I, I do think that Lone Star, if they can keep to their game plan, which is just, I mean, get right after them, score early on defense, shut them down fast and furiously. If they can, if they can continue to do that against the Leopards, I don't think they're going to have much of a problem establishing uh, dominance early on in the game. Okay, so we've we not always been super successful at this, but we're going to try anyways. No, is this no, going to be a high-scoring yeah. game? Is this going to be a low-scoring game? We know I we know, think right? Lone Star is going to win, but how is that going to come out? No, no, good question, because, uh, you know, it's funny. It's like when it comes to predicting games, you're like, oh, it's easy. It's true or false. You know what I mean? You know, I keep, but so many intangibles can be thrown in there, man, you know? Um, I think, oh, geez, I think Lone Star is going to score right at about 35 points. And I think we'll, they will be able to hold uh, the Leopards. Oh, man, I, I think I think the Leopards are going to be tough finding the end zone. They're going to have a tough time finding that end zone more than three times. I, the heck with it, man. You're either right or you're wrong, right? I would say as a possible predictive score, I'm looking at Lone Star 35, uh, Lovejoy 21. All right, I like those numbers. That's, that's kind of what I'm feeling, <laughs> too. And you know a lot more about this than I do, so we'll go with that. Well, yeah, geez, but you know how that goes, man. You can throw all that football knowledge out the window. Sometimes you just want to bet. You can just, you can just pull like my mom. You know, she does better than I do at uh, predicting football scores, and she just goes with the uniform that she likes the most. You know, so what can you do? <laughs> all right, Tim. Well, thank you for the rundown. I appreciate the time today. And uh, as Tim said, that game is 8 o'clock. Is that tonight or tomorrow? That is Saturday. So that is, yes, sir, Saturday. that is tomorrow. Okay, Eight o'clock Saturday, they're playing out at AT&T Stadium. You know, we'll be keeping an eye on the game and keeping you guys posted. Tim, thanks again, and we'll talk to you next week. My pleasure, Scott. And just real quick, I'm going to be on the Twitter uh, following it. I'm out of town, but I will be following it online so anybody else can come make it to the game. I'll at least have some scoring updates per quarter. And also, just real quick, the winner of this game will go on to play the winner of the Waxahachie and the South Oak Coastline. Okay. So I'll be keeping an eye on that because that'll be kind of a predictor of, of the winner of this match who they'll be playing uh, next week, and hopefully it'll be low. Sounds good to us. Thanks again, Tim. You're very welcome. Thank you. <laughs>